Well, praise the wonderful name of Jesus, everyone. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you once again for joining me for yet another episode of Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to continue in the series entitled The King's Meat. This would be part number nine, and we're going to continue in the teaching entitled Trouble in Paradise. This would be part number two of that message. And I'm telling you, this is something that you don't want to miss. We deal with those that are single. We deal with those that are married. We deal with the topic of divorce. We deal with the topic of separation. We're dealing with a lot, so you don't want to miss this one. And remember, if you miss any of the messages in the series, all you have to do is just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. Or you can simply download the Kingdom Rock app from the Apple Market and also the Google Play Store. It's all there. And for those of you that are in the Bremen area, I want to bring to your attention on Friday, March the 15th, 2013 at 7 p.m. And it will take place at Milltown in Bremen. We're having an event called Think Jesus, Think Church. And it's sponsored by the Harrelson County Ministerial Association. It's going to be a dynamic time. And yours truly will be speaking. Come on out and join us because churches from all around Harrelson County are coming together under the banner of Jesus Christ to proclaim him Lord. You don't want to miss this dynamic time. I believe with all my heart that the Lord Jesus is going to usher in revival in our community. And you don't want to miss this historic event. That's Friday, March the 15th, 2013 at 7 p.m. And it will take place at Milltown in Bremen. For more details on the event, just log on to our website at www.kingdomrock.org and click on the link that says Think Jesus, Think Church. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled Trouble in Paradise, Part 2, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, I am so grateful that all of you decided to come uh, together uh, today in the house of the Lord today. <clears throat> and as we've been... In a series for a while now, since the last of the last part of last year, we've been in a series entitled The King's Meat, uh, getting the king's meat out of us. Amen? Amen. All those worldly things, all those distractions, those things that hinder us from serving the Lord. We're getting all that stuff out of us. And for the last month or so, we've been uh, speaking about marriage. The godly marriage or the God marriage, the God marriage. And I pray that if you were not here uh, to hear those messages, that you will avail yourselves to the CDs here on the table or, or, to, or to the Kingdom Rock app or online and get those messages that you've missed. Uh, the second thing I need to share with you is that every word that God sends, uh, every word that God sends you is like a piece of a puzzle, a piece of a puzzle. It reveals the more you receive of it, it reveals uh, the answer that you've been needing. It reveals a revelation, a hidden picture, a hidden portrait that you need for your life. If you miss something, if you miss a word uh, by for whatever reason, because we know that we won't always be here every time the church doors are open. We understand that. But if you miss a word, you miss a piece of a puzzle. And if you're putting together a thousand piece puzzle, you need all the Piece, all the uh, pieces that you can get. You understand? We're putting together a puzzle. So today you'll receive another part of the puzzle. Are you hearing me? Another part of the puzzle, something that you need uh, for your life. So I pray that you will, uh, that you'll hear the word of the Lord today. Help me pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus mighty name for this day and for the awesome things that you have uh, desired, desired to do in our lives. Lord, we do pray that you would just Lead us in the word that you would instruct us in how we should go. We love you and we thank you in Jesus name. Let every heart say amen. amen. All right. Well, last week we started um, uh, in the message entitled Troubled in Paradise. And we're going to go right back to there. Let's go back to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians, the fifth chapter. Praise the Lord. Ephesians, the fifth chapter. Ephesians five. <clears throat> As we talk about, once again, the God marriage, the God marriage. I'm going to read Ephesians, the fifth chapter, verses 21 through 33, once again, just so that we can get it in our hearing, and then we'll go further today. 
The Bible declares this in Ephesians uh, 5, verse 21 through 33. It says this of the King James Version. It says, submit yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Submit one to another. First of all, we know he's talking about as uh, born-again believers, not just as husband and wife in this context, but as born-again believers, submitting one to another. Verse 22, now he's get, getting into uh, directly talking about marriage. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Now, I want to bring something out here before we finish reading. Verse 23, notice how the Bible says that husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. So we know that the Lord is telling the husband to be like this, to be like this. The husband should be the savior of the body, the savior of the wife. Are you hearing? Savior in the, in the same line of Christ as the Lord gave himself for the church, the husband should give himself for the wife. Isn't that something? Now, we know not always. Uh, I pray that we'll never be in a situation where we have to throw ourselves in front of a bullet. I know a lot of husbands say, well, I'll do that. I, if something would come to my family, hey, I'd stand in the way. It wouldn't come through me. It wouldn't come through me. They say, well, hey, I'm willing to die for my family. But question is, are you willing to live for them? Not just one moment, but over a lifetime. A lifetime of giving your life for your wife, giving your life for your family. Now, remember, the word of God declares that we do our service as unto the Lord. So as you give yourself for your spouse, for your families, we're doing it as unto the Lord. Our service is to the Lord, not necessarily uh, it is to him directly, to, it is to our wives and families indirectly. Are you understanding? Because if it's to them directly, if it's to your spouse directly, then when they act crazy, you're going to think second or think again about doing that. Why in the world am I trying to give my life for you again? Why, why am I going through all this? We'll think that way if our service is to them. But God didn't say do it to them. He said do it as unto the Lord. And they will receive the benefit of it. Are you hearing me? We are, we're going to stay in line with what the word of God says. We're going to stay in line with the word. And in doing so, we're going to receive the, those God kinds of results. Amen. So it says here again, the husband is to be that savior of the body, the one who preserves the body, preserves the wife. And we know the word of God declares that the husband should nourish and, and cherish his wife. Hallelujah. So if all these things are going on, there should be no problem whatsoever with the wife submitting unto her husband whatsoever. So husbands, we can make it easier for our wives to submit and wives. We can make our uh, we can make it easier for our husbands to be the head. Also, by submitting unto the authority of Christ on the inside of them. Amen. All right. Verse 24 says, therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might presented to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that it should be holy and without blemish look at there look at i mean this is wonderful once again that there is a purpose in the husband being the head of the household being the head of the family once again his purpose is to sanctify the wife cleanse the wife hallelujah his purpose is to make her better there's an anointing on the husband to make the wife better. Are you hearing me? Let's read that again. It says, husbands love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or, or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Verse 28, so all men 
So all men. So all men. So okay. So all men to love their wives. Do you hear that? I can hear someone say, well, that's what the Lord is supposed to do for the church. Yes, he does. he's doing that for the church. And so ought men, that is in the same fashion, are men to love their wives as their own bodies. Are you hearing me? So here again, the Lord is saying with that same dedication, that same sacrifice that he has shown to the church, the husband needs to show that same thing to their wives. Now, that's a tremendous weight. And they tremendous call. So again, we're saying this to those of you that are married. Uh, I'm sure men, we need husbands, we need to repent. Praise the Lord. We need to continue to walk in that same manner. And if wives, if you're not receiving that from your husbands, now you have prayer power here. Now you have something to pray about going before the Lord because you, you would say, Lord, my husband should be like this. Lord, you commanded this. Lord, I, I want to see the manifestation of this in my marriage. Are you hearing? I want to see the manifestation of this. What this, what this Bible verse tells us is that wives, you ought to be better. Your relationship with your husband should be making you better, a better person, a better Christian, a better believer. It should be making you closer to Christ. Hallelujah. You should have that testimony. Since I've been married, I'm closer to Christ. Since I've been married, I don't have as many spots or wrinkles. that. I, well, not talking about the physical body. You hear what I'm saying? Since I've been married, my relationship with God has improved. I'm closer with the Lord. Hallelujah. Since I've been married, this should be the testimony that you should have. This is a God marriage. So for you single people and you're, you're considering, who, who am I going to marry? Who am I going to marry? Hmm, he looks good. Hmm. Oh, she looks good. Hmm. I'm telling you, ladies, when you um, are considering a mate, make sure that he is one, first of all, that knows the Lord for himself. For how can he lead you to someone that he does not know? The husband is meant to be a love generator. A love generator. You know those electric generators, put gas and turn them in, turn them on, and it generates power for the house. We are meant to generate love. That's why the Bible declares, he tells the husband, he does not directly tell the wife, but he tells the husband to love your wives. There's nowhere in here where the wife is instructed to love her husband. Are you hearing? My God, what did I step into just then? But women are more nurturing. They're more nurturing by nature, more loving by nature. Men have to be reminded. Are you hearing? You have to be reminded. I know several husbands that have to be reminded. Tell your wife you love her. Give your wife a kiss. Give her a hug. Tell her you're thinking about her. Call her on the phone. Are you hearing? They have to be reminded. So God says, men, I know you have to be reminded. So I'm telling you to love your wife. Love your wife. Treat her like gold. Treat her like silver. Treat her like precious china. Praise the Lord. Treat her delicately. Hallelujah. Oh, I can't get no talk in here. I tell you, some women ought to be helping me out up in here. I don't know. Thank you. Praise the Lord. So again, men ought to be love producers, love producers. We bring love into the marriage. Okay. We are commanded husbands. You are commanded to bring love into the marriage. You are commanded to bring love into the marriage. You are commanded by Christ Jesus himself to bring love into the marriage. Hallelujah. You're commanded to do that. That's not a suggestion. The Lord commanded that to do so. He commanded us to do so. So if we're finding problems doing that, we need to go right back to the Lord. And say, Lord, I got a problem with this commandment. Help me to fulfill it. 
Help me to be the husband that my wife needs. Help me to fulfill this command. And I'm telling you, ladies, you single ladies, that's the type of man that you want to be your husband. That's the type of individual. But if he does not know Christ, how can he lead you into the love of Christ? So look beyond the external factors. Look beyond his bankroll or what kind of car he drives. Oh, he got curly hair. Look beyond that. Because you're going to need for the rest of your life, you're going to need someone to love you and to nourish you and to cherish you and to make you something more than what you are. And the Lord has placed the anointing to do that within the husband. Hallelujah. So, verse 28, so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. Oh, that's powerful. He that loves his wife loves himself. He that loveth his wife loves himself. If you hate your wife, you hate yourself. I didn't say you need to read it in the book. As you treat your wife, this is how you ought to treat yourself. There should be no husband that will buy themselves something more fashionable and, 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 and something more stylish and expensive and leaves his wife looking like a pauper. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? There should be no, that, that should not be. I'm talking about a God marriage. Hallelujah. Boy, my God. All right, Lord, I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's do it, Lord. Let's do it. Verse 29 says, For no man ever yet hateth his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, even as the Lord, the church. Here again, the husband is called to nourish and to cherish the wife. Husbands, you have an obligation to go before God and ask him for a nourishing and cherishing word for your wife and for your families. You have that obligation and responsibility. You will nourish your family with the word of the Lord. You will nourish them with the word of the Lord. Don't worry about it. Well, she don't, I don't know as much Bible as she do. Ask God for a word. The word just may be, baby, it going to be all right. You going to be all right. The word could be, mm -mm, you look good, baby. I don't know what it's going to be, but there is a word that God will give to you that will bless her heart and soul. And you need to claim that. You need to claim that anointing because God has given you that anointing through his word. I'm talking about the God marriage. This is how marriage should work. Hallelujah. Well, the husband has given his life for the wife, even as Christ gave his life for the church. Verse 30. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this call shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife and they too shall be what? One flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself. I love that word even as. Love your wife even as himself. Love your wife even as himself. I'm telling you, young ladies, you're out on a date with a prospective um, man, prospective mate, and uh, here again, he does all these, gets all these fine things for himself. You're, you're sitting in Red Lobster, and he orders the $15 plate, the $20 plate, and looks at you, and he makes you want to order the $5 plate. Get up quick and walk out. <laughs> Get up quick and walk out. He is not worthy of you. Are you hearing me? He is not worthy. Uh, 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 uh. Let him go somewhere else because if he does that while you're right, they're supposedly quote unquote dating. He'll do even worse when you get married. You know I would cheat when we got together. You know I wasn't going to do nothing. You know, you know, you know. If he's cheap with the money, he'll be cheap with the love. Hallelujah. All I got for you is the truth. All I got for you is the truth. Let's go to 1 Corinthians now. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. 
First Corinthians, now we're going to go to, uh, it's back this way, First Corinthians, the seventh chapter. We're not done yet, praise the Lord. We're not done yet, not done yet, not by a mile. Hallelujah. First Corinthians, the seventh chapter. We're going to start at verse number one and really actually go down to verse number 16. We won't cover all of this today. I'm not sure if we go into the next part of this marriage series or not. That is between you and the Lord, actually. If you have a hunger level, if you're hungry for it, God will keep pouring it out. But I already see something else on the horizon. I already see something else on the horizon, something else bubbling, something else brewing that I have to go and investigate in the spirit. But you can keep us on this track by your prayers if you so desire it. Hallelujah. First Corinthians, the seventh chapter, verse number one says, now concerning the things whereof ye uh, wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. And the brothers respond to that. There are a lot of things going on down there in the Corinthian church and they wrote Paul and said, hey, we're having some problems. We're having problems. The married people are having a problem. Those that were married uh, um, that had um, unbelieving spouses were having a problem. The single people were having a problem. And so they wrote to Paul and Paul writes them back under the unction of the Holy Spirit. And the first thing he says, it is good that a man not touch a woman. Verse two, he says, nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife and let every woman have her own husband. To avoid fornication, meaning I know y'all can't control yourself. You can't control your passion. So it's best that y'all go ahead and get married. All right. We'll see further on down that some people have the gift of being single. They have that gift of being single. They can control their passions and others cannot. They have not been given that gift. And if you have not been given that gift, it's better to marry than to burn in your passions. Hallelujah. Again, as we said before, on, on last time, I believe, everyone is not called to be married. Everyone is not called to be married. Everyone is not gifted to be married in that, that regard. Are you hearing? But everybody's called to be holy unto the Lord. Verse 3 says, let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence. I love the way King James says it. I'm going to keep it right there. You want to see that? Another translation, you go ahead, but I'm keeping it right here, keeping it nice and family friendly today. <laughs> Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence. Benevolence means love, all right? We'll hold it right there, or acts of love. Let the husband render unto the, the wife due benevolence, or acts of love, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. For the wife has not power over her own body, but the husband. And likewise, also the husband hath not power over, rather, have not power of his own body, but the wife. Defraud ye not one another, except in, except it be with consent for a time. Except that we be with consent. Who's asked, who's getting the consent? Your spouse giving you consent. All right. Your spouse giving you consent. That ye um, may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again, that Satan tempt you not for, uh, for your incontinency. Incontinency means simply lack of control. Okay, y'all come back together quick because somebody is about to bust a move somewhere. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? So don't allow the enemy to tempt you. Okay, let it be for a season, but a season, but come back together quickly. At least the devil comes in there and brings a level of temptation that you, that will bring about something bad. Verse six says, but I speak this by permission and not commandment. Now he'll use these terms quite often in this text. I'll speak by permission and not by commandment. Permission meaning, of course, I have the authority to say what I'm about to say, but commandment saying that there is something else written in the Old Testament, of course, because Paul did not have the New Testament because, you know, he's, he's writing it. Okay. So when he says this is by permission, he's saying, Hey, I've got this, or rather by commandment, 
He said, I, I have scriptural precedent for it. There's something written that I'm referring to there in the Old Testament. Okay? By permission, he's saying, hey, this is something new. This is something that I have the unction or the leading of the Holy Spirit to say to you that is just and right. By command, he's saying, hey, I found something in the Old Testament that, that we can say that jives with what I'm about to say to you. Okay? So he says, uh, but I speak this by permission and not of commandment, meaning that there's nothing back there in the old that will uh, that is validating what I'm saying, but I'm speaking under the unction and authority of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Verse 7 says, For I would that all men were even as I myself. But every man hath his proper gift of God, one after this manner and another after that. I say, therefore, to the unmarried and widows, it is good for them if they abide even as I. But if they cannot contain, let them marry, for it is better to marry than to what? Than to burn, right? Paul said, I, I wish that everybody was single like me. He said, but if you don't have that gift, if you can't control your flesh, then it is better that you go ahead and get married. Then burn in your passions. You know I'm talking about burning your passions, don't you? Yeah. Going around all the time, you're thinking about it, and you're thinking about it, you're thinking about it, you're thinking about it, thinking about it. It's on your mind so much you can't think about anything else. Burning in your passion. And we'll stop that right there. <laughs> Verse 10. For more on that, check your neighbor. And this is where we're going to really, we're really going to start here and go forward today as we continue in the message, Trouble in Paradise, part number two. Are you getting anything out of this so far? Now we're getting ready to go up another step higher. We're getting ready to go a little bit higher in this and a little bit deeper. So I pray that you're ready. Verse 10 says, and unto the married. Who is he talking to? Who? The married. So first of all, he, he just dealt with uh, really, he dealt with uh, single persons, right? He, he dealt with uh, those that, that are in marriage about uh, giving due benevolence. So he's, he made some general comments over there. And now he's speaking more specifically to those that are married. All right. So please hear this. And unto the married, what do you say? I command. Now, this is an official word. Here again, there is documentation here in the Old Testament. There is precedent behind what he's about to say. He's not speaking by permission here. He's speaking by commandment, meaning God has already spoken this at least one other time. Okay? He said, unto the married, I command. This is a must. He said, uh, yet not I, but the Lord. Let not the wife depart from her husband. But, and if she depart, let her remain unmarried and be reconciled to her husband. And let not the husband put away his wife. Stop right there for a moment. We're going to just put our car in park and just investigate this just for a moment. He says here, verse number 10, and unto the married, I command. Let not the wife depart from her husband. Now notice the, notice these terminologies here. You can make a note of it, underline it there in your scripture. He says, let not the wife depart. Say depart. Let not the wife depart. Say depart. Depart from her husband. Verse 11. But and if she depart. Now I love this. First the Lord says, wives don't do it. Then he says, but if you do. Don't do it, but if you do, meaning that there are circumstances, there can be extenuating circumstances, uh, reasons that are allowed why the wife would depart from her husband. You see that? If he had kept the first part of 11 off, it would be standing. Wives, you can never depart from your husband. But he says, but if she depart. Now, the word depart means to separate. It means to divide. It means to, um, it means to depart. It means to leave. It means to, uh, it means to, in many cases, it means to divorce. Are you hearing? 
said, this is what the Lord commands. Let not the wife depart. Let not the wife leave. Let not, let not the wife separate. Let not the wife uh, divorce her husband. But if she depart, if she separate from him, let her remain what? Unmarried. Let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her what? Husband. Now notice the word of God declares, um, it says here, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. Now it says that she is officially unmarried. Unmarried. That is the marriage has been undone. Right? But the scripture still calls him her husband. Which means that it may be legally broken, but God says husband. All right, now there are certain certain circumstances that God still sees the union very much full in effect. Now, when is the, when it, when does the Lord see the union actually separated? Now, you know the word of God declares what God has joined together let no man put asunder. The word asunder means to divorce. To officially divorce, to break the ties. When does the Lord say it's official that that uh, ties can be broken? Well, go over there to uh, to Matthew the fifth chapter. Matthew the fifth chapter. Let's look at this. Matthew five. Matthew five. And and while you're getting that, I'm going to read on to verse eleven here. It says, "But but and if she depart, let her remain unmarried, or be reconciled, brought back together again to her husband." And then he gives a command to the husbands and let not the husband put away his wife. Now notice the two terms. It says to the wife, don't depart from your husband. But to the husband, it says, do not put away or let not the husband put away his wife, put her away, put her out the picture. Now, this, of course, is an official act of divorcement. Or to put away means also uh, to send away or to disregard or to leave, leave alone. God says, don't do that. But there is a, but th we do have um, a precedent or a command from the Lord where the Lord will allow the breaking of a union. Now, what is that? Now, let's go here again to Matthew, uh, Matthew, the fifth chapter, verse number 32. Are you there? He says, but I say unto you, the Lord Jesus speaking, right? Is that written in red in your Bible? But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away, put away means what? Divorce, right? Whosoever shall put away his what? His, or his who? His wife. Whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of, of what? Fornication. That is uh, simply sexual uh, immorality. Okay? You have broken. Now understand that um, intimacy between the husband and wife is what joins the marriage. Okay? You're, you're there in the official ceremony. You say, do you? Yes. Do you? Yes. We put the rings on. Everybody, you kiss, mm, smooches, light the unity candle or what, what have you. Jump around, jump over the broom, whatever you want to do. People throw rice at you and all that stuff and you go out and all those other places. But unless the wedding, unless the marriage is consummated, it's not valid. So what makes the, what makes the, the marriage valid even in the size, in the sight of God is also what can break the union apart. Isn't that, isn't that something? Okay. So it says again, except for the saving for the cause of fornication causes her to commit adultery and whosoever shall marry her that is divorced committeth adultery. So here again, uh, the question for grounds of divorce between two believers here, this is specific here between two believers, between two believers is settled in here with divine authority. Now go with me also to the book of Malachi, Malachi 2, Malachi 2. I want you to see this also in the word of God. I'm going to read to you Malachi 2.16. Now you can read the entire chapter when you get home, but I'm going to read to you Malachi 2.16 
uh, chapter 2, verse 16 out of the NIV and also out of the NLT, the New Living Translation, and also out of the, um, uh, the, the NIV, was it New International Version, and also out of the New Living Translation. I love the way that both of those read along with your King James. I want you to hear this. This is God's heart as it relates to divorce. All right, Malachi 2, verse 16. And this is what it says. The man who, this is on the uh, NIV. It says, the man who hates and divorces his wife, says, uh, says the Lord, uh, the God of Israel, does violence to the one he should protect, says the Lord Almighty. So be on your guard and do not be unfaithful. The Lord says in, in Malachi 2.16 out of the NIV, the man who hates and divorces his wife, says the, says the Lord, the God of Israel, does violence to the one he should protect. All right. Now look at that, reading this again out of the New Living Translation, and it reads more, more in line of what the King James is saying. You'll, you'll understand this. It says, this is Malachi 2.16 out of the, out of the um, New Living Translation. For I hate divorce, says the Lord, the God of Israel. To divorce your wife is to overwhelm her with cruelty. That's what the Lord's saying. To divorce your wife is to overwhelm her with cruelty, says the Lord of, of uh, heaven's armies. So guard your heart. Do not be unfaithful to your wife. Okay? God said, I hate it. I hate divorce. I hate divorce. Because he knows what divorce does. He knows what divorce does to married couples. He knows what divorce does to the children. God said, I hate it. I mean, I've counseled many couples over the years in, in regards to that and, and seen the aftermath of divorce. And it is, it is never a pleasant thing. It is never a pleasant thing. God says, I hate it. I hate divorce. So here again, we go back to um, Matthew, the fifth chapter. But there are sometimes when the marriage vows or when the husband or the wife can break the marriage, can put the marriage to sunder. And we know that from Matthew, the Matthew, the fifth chapter, verse 32, it uh, has to do with uh, sexual immorality within the marriage. All right. So let's look again. So it says in verse number 10, going back to first Corinthians seven chapter. It tells that the Lord tells the, the wife not to separate from her husband, but in verse 12, it says, but, uh, he said, but and if, which means that there may be certain extenuating circumstances where she may have to depart. Now, what are those, uh, circumstances? And we'll, we'll read this further on down, but some circumstances are that they cannot live together peacefully, peaceably. They cannot live together in peace. If there is warring, if there, there is hostility, if there is violence, uh, if, there is a, if they are physically assaulting one another, then there can be calls to separate. She can separate. Now the Lord says, hey, don't go to, um, to matchmakers.com. Don't go to the singles bars. He said, you separate, you stay unmarried. Or be reconciled to your husband. God said there's still a connection there. Unless it is for the cause of sexual immorality in the home, there is still a connection. And God still sees him as the husband. All I got to give you is the truth. Now notice here, so the, the, Bible, the Bible tells the wife, don't separate. But if you have to, then do it. He tells the husband, do not divorce your wife. There is no but in there for the husband. Isn't that something? The wife gets the but, but the husband does not. Why? Because the wife, rather because the husband bears the greater responsibility. He, he bears the covering for the marriage. All right. Verse 12 says, so verse 10, 11 deals with married couples that are both born again. They're both born of God. They're both believers. Verse 12 begins to deal with couples where one is saved and the other is not. 
Because here again, in this time, this time in the Bible, um, the word of God was spreading like wildfire and people were just hearing about Jesus. There was no TBN or there was no Bible as we have it today. You know, it was still being written at that time. And Paul was bringing them fresh information. There was no internet. I know some people don't think so, but there was no internet then and all that stuff. There was no social media. So he was bringing them a word. And let's say the, the gospel caught the ear of the wife. And she believed Jesus and was saved. But her husband was still in paganistic ways, still a big, a big pagan and doing other things, still serving the enemy over there. And so here we find uh, this problem coming up to Paul, coming up to the Lord in the Corinthian church. They're having problems. One is saved. One is not. What do we do here? What do we do? Let's look at that. Verse number 12 says, but to the rest speak I. I love that. Remember, verse 10 says, unto the married. Verse 12 says, but unto the rest, but to the rest. I'm talking to another group of, group of people here. Are you hearing? To the rest speak I, not the Lord. Here again, there is no precedent. He's not speaking by command because there's nothing there. In the, in the Old Testament, uh, if someone, I mean, we, there were forbidden. Israel was forbidden to intermingle with um especially with those that were already in the promised land because they were serving all these other gods, not because they were of, a, of a, another ethnic group, but because they were serving other gods. And the wife or the bride would bring in these other idols into the home. And God said, no, I don't want that. I don't want that. Not because they were another color or creed, but because of the other gods, these paganistic gods that they were serving. He wanted Israel to only serve him. Are you hearing? So this was something new. Now here's two people. They were both in a pagan lifestyle. Now one is giving their life to the Lord. They are saved. They are set free. They are sanctified. They are healed. They are delivered. They are holy. And the other one is not. And there we have a problem. And so they were writing, and this is what he says here. But to the, but to the rest speak I, not, not, not the Lord. He said, if any brother hath a wife that believe not, and she be pleased to dwell with him. Let him, what? Not put her away. Now underline the words or make note of it. Please to dwell. Please to dwell. Say with me. Please to dwell. Again. Please to dwell. Come on. Please to dwell. Uh-huh. Please to dwell. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Put some on it. Please. Now, I did that for a reason. Please to dwell. I want that to get in your head. Say it again. Please to dwell. All right. Let's read again. Verse 12. But to the rest speak I, not the Lord. Meaning that there's no precedent back there for that. Now, I didn't say president. I said precedent. Are you, are you with me? Okay. I, I said it right the first time. I can't keep saying it. Hit rewind on the tape. All right. If a brother have a wife that believe not, and she be what? Pleased to dwell with him, let him not put her away, or let him not what? Divorce her. Why would he want to divorce her? Lord, I'm trying to serve you, and she over there still doing that nasty stuff. How can I serve you? Lord said to him, don't divorce her. Don't divorce her. And we're going to see why in just, just a few minutes. Verse 13. And the woman which hath an husband that believed not. And if he be what? If he be what? Pleased to dwell. If he be pleased to dwell with her, let her not what? Let her not leave him. Let her not separate, right? So it tells that he's going the same pattern. I love the Lord. Same pattern. Tells the, tells the husband, don't divorce her. Tells the wife, don't leave. All right. Let's, let's look further on down because this is very curious, isn't it? This is very curious. Why is this, why is this happening? Why is the Lord telling me that I, I, I shouldn't go or that I shouldn't leave? Why? He's about to tell us why here in verse, as we go on down verse number 15. Rather, yeah, let's hop down, skip 14 just for a second. We're going to hop down to verse 15. It says, but if the unbelieving depart, let him depart. 
Okay. Now notice he gives the burden. I want you to, I really want you to see this. He tells the believer, he tells the believer in the marriage, don't divorce, don't leave. But he, he allows the unbeliever to go. Now they're both, they're, they're still, they're still fighting and warring and all that stuff in the house. You know? Because if they be not pleased to dwell with you, there is fighting and warring in the house. Okay? You'll know if they be not pleased to dwell with you. Okay? There's fighting, there's warring, there's cussing, there's and all that kind of stuff. They be not pleased to dwell with you. I don't want to hear about your Bible. You come home every day throwing your Bible at me. I where's my man Chibbits? Where's my whiskey? I want this and that and the other. I'm going to the club. I ain't got time for you. Oh, but you know, and all that. Oh. They're not pleased to dwell. And in these cases, the Lord says, if they depart, let them go. He says, let them go. Are you hearing? Look at verse 15. But if the unbelieving depart, let him depart. A brother or sister is not under bondage in such cases. He said, but God have called us to what? To peace. In other words, he's called us to live in peace. If you can live, if you're a believer and your spouse is an unbeliever, if you can live in peace, hey, remain. Praise God. Praise God. He says, you're the believer, they're the unbeliever. Don't put them away. Don't divorce them. Don't leave them. Don't leave them. And now let's, let's look, let's look and see why in verse number uh, 14. He says, for the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife. And the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Stop there for a moment. He says, don't leave. Believer, don't believe. Don't uh, leave them because you are offering a covering over their lives. Your relationship with Christ is sanctifying them. Your relationship with Christ is covering them with a holy garment. Because of you. Now, what does that mean? That means we already know that there is an open assault against the head of the household, against the wife. There's an open assault against the family. Already the devil is running rampant through the earth. And if you were to leave, you take the presence of God with you, and then they are open season for the enemy. Are you hearing? So if you're the believing spouse and you're there here again now, these two here, it does not indicate that they were, that one was saved and the other was unsaved when they got married. No, that's called being unequally yoked. That's called you getting into a problem with your eyes wide open. <clears throat> Are you hearing? But this has happened here. We're reading here. One person Gave their life to the Lord. And the other one hasn't. Are you hearing? And so here comes problems. Now, if they be pleased to dwell, hey, praise the Lord. Continue to dwell, continue to, to dwell with them. Praise the Lord. You are sanctifying. Sanctifying. Your relationship with Christ is bringing holiness and godliness into the house. But if you depart, you take the force field with you, so to speak. But that's only, that's only one dimension. If there are children involved here, he, he speaks of that too. In verse 14, again, it says, for the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were your children unclean, but now they are clean, but rather now they are what? Holy. Your staying in the home is affecting, let's say, let's talk about it from the, uh, uh, from the wife's perspective. Your staying in the home is sanctifying your husband and also causing uh, a holiness to be upon the children. Because you are there still submitted to the Lord, there is a covering going over the husband and there is a covering going over the children. If we step away, open season for the enemy. So God says, don't leave. Don't leave. I know you want to be at the church all the time. Don't leave. I know he's cutting a fool at home. Don't leave. Because if you do, it will affect him and the children. 
All I got to give to you is the word. Now, the Lord goes on to say another benefit here. He says in um, verse number 16, and we'll be concluding here for the day. He says, for what knowest thou, O husband, whether thou shalt save, rather, O wife, whether thou shalt save thy husband? Or how knowest thou, O man, whether thou shalt save thy wife? Did I read that right? Let me read it again. For what knowest thou, O wife, whether thou shalt save thy husband? Or how knowest thou, O man, whether thou shalt save thy wife? Isn't that something? By your example, because of the covering that is still in place. So if you have a spouse that is not born again, if you have a spouse that is not a believer, or if you have a spouse that is a believer, but, but who is in disobedience, it is your presence. You are there by the mercy of God. And you should remain if you can dwell in peace. Are you hearing me? If you can uh, dwell in peace or if the unbelieving is dwell is pleased to dwell with you. Now, let me bring that point out. Let's get that one more time. Let me let me break that out. I want you to see something. Go back. Are you, are you still there? I've closed mine up. Boy, I tell you what. I want, you to show, I want to show you something here. Then we're going to really close out. Verse 13 again. He says, And the woman which hath an, un, which hath an husband that believeth not, and if he be pleased to dwell with her. All right? If he be pleased to dwell with her. Back up to verse 12 again. If a brother hath a wife, that believeth not, and she be pleased to dwell with him. Okay? If they are pleased to dwell with you, who are you? The, the, the one who are saved? Not if you are pleased to dwell with them. But if they are pleased to dwell with you. Meaning you have the greater strength. The Holy Spirit of God is in you. The devil may be in them, but God is in you. You ought to have the greater strength, the greater love, patience. Praise the Lord, the greater peace that comes from God. You shaking with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> so if anybody has, should have the power or the strength to endure, it should be you. So the scripture says, if they be pleased to dwell with you, not you be pleased to dwell with them. I don't like her anymore. I don't like the way she rolled her hair. I just, I just don't like it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If they be pleased to dwell with you. Now, if they be unpleased to dwell with you, let them go. Because a brother or a sister is not under bondage to keep this thing going. I pray you've heard the word of God today. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. Amen. Hallelujah. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more. Right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10 Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.